Hi, welcome back to Medusa's Yoni Talks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I have the beautiful Addis. Hi, I'm Addis Fouché. Nice to meet you, everyone. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who okay. are you? So first and foremost, I'm a Virgo. I would just like everybody <laughs> to know that. Um, September 19th, put it on your calendar. Yes. Um, it's actually the second most common birthday in the whole world. Did you yes. know that? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Virgos were the most common sign. Because, like, you know, nine months before is Christmas. But anyway, so <laughs> I'm a born and bred New Yorker. I grew up in Brooklyn. Um, my dad is from Jamaica. My mom is from Trinidad, so I'm first gen. Um, let's see. I'm sober, so totally sober, which is a big part of, like, how I came to be more spiritual. Yeah. Um, I'm a sex worker. I'm an entrepreneur and a writer. So you may have seen some of my work in Glamour and Refinery29 and Runner's World. Um, speaking of, I run a few marathons and half marathons. Oh, I know. I'm inspired just my lips. I'm like, right. whoa, whoa. I've also, this year I've done two 10Ks and two half marathons. And then in October I have another half. And then I have a 5K in November. So I race on average, like, every other month. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Let's see what else about me. So, yeah, I have a startup. So, um, entrepreneur with a couple other, you know, companies in the mix that I'm really excited about watching pretty soon. And um, I have a tree nut allergy. I'm allergic to nuts. <sighs> that's me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what she said. Yes. But uh, <laughs> that's what my mom was like, laughing at. Right? I was like, LOL, the convenience. I'm allergic to trees. Right. I'm a porn star who's allergic to nuts. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my life is getting my. Okay. So, tell us a little bit how you discovered your spirituality. Yeah. So honestly, I think a lot of it came through meditation. So I practice transcendental meditation, which I've been doing for a little over a year now. Um, I used to work in corporate advertising. So I was a senior associate. I've worked on, you know, Bud Light. You remember the campaign with the Knights that was like dilly dilly and they're like all in armor? Have you seen that? Maybe, maybe not. Or like Equinox commit to something. Do you remember that one? Like the gym or like, yeah, I've worked on a bunch of big brands. Um, I've worked on Planned Parenthood, DuPont, like the chemical company. Yeah. Everything, everything. Um, and then I was also doing sex work at night. So literally I was kind of living two lives for a long time. Damn. Yeah. By day I was like, you know, crushing Excel and by night I was getting crushed. Um, and <laughs> then like, I honestly just kind of burnt the candle at both ends. I realized that like advertising was not my calling. Um, and I started doing more of what I do now. So more writing, more content, more sex work, more public speaking. And I realized that my, my mindset was just it was not right. I was feeling just stressed out. I was getting a lot of stress headaches, like okay. migraines in the middle of the day. Um, and one of my old coworkers from my advertising days, she's also Jamaican. Um, she, one day when we were working, she was like, hey guys, I'm actually going to go to India for two months and um, live with the monks and meditate and eat vegetarian food. Bye guys. Why have I heard this so often right. that people are going to do that? And uh -huh. I'm like, I want to go on that journey. Yes. And so now she's a full-time meditation teacher. Neither of us work in advertising anymore. And she was the one who was like, Addis, I really think you should start meditating. So I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes a day. So in the morning and then usually somewhere between like three and five. Um, yeah. So honestly, it was through that that I really started to discover my spirituality. And um, it's funny during meditation. So, you know, how the human brain can't invent faces. Like if you see an unfamiliar face in a dream, you've probably seen that person like on the bus or on the street or in yeah. a grocery store. So what happens a lot of times when I meditate is that my brain will flash through scenarios that I've never seen before. And I've never seen these people, but they're very vivid. Right. Okay. So some once it was like a man with a really big beard and he was like in a canyon and he was fishing. Um, and it was it flashed so fast, but I can remember every detail and things like that. There's another time where I was swimming very, very close to this woman. She had a beautiful like purple and red necklace. And I asked my meditation teacher what was happening. And she was like, well, you know, time is not, you know, horizontal like this. It's vertical like this. So you actually are probably just jumping through your past lives really quickly and jumping through consciousness. 
holy shit yeah, yeah i believe that. i'm like wow yeah you're like yeah. basically going to your other lives mm -hmm. and just like taking a little peek or you pass or yeah because i i'm like i don't know who that is but even when i was looking at the man who was fishing i was like looking up at him so i was like am i his son like that's i was really it was like whoa <laughs> yeah. that is awesome mm -hmm. whoa um so how long have you been on that journey so i started um actually i started meditating seriously around the same time i started mainstream porn and i feel like <laughs> honestly it really like when i meditate before scene i always crush the scene every single time um my very first one was with net video girls um and they shoot all in one take pov for an hour so the camera's on you for an hour you have to remember not only your backstory and your lines but what happens if x happens on camera or y right and then just look presenting having sex on camera and i was so in the zone because i had meditated that it went really really well and so now that's kind of like my practice before I shoot, I have to hydrate, you know, I have to eat something, you know, get my mind right and then I'm ready to go. I love that. Yeah. So um, do you still do twice a day? Like yes. every single day? Mm -hmm. I'm such a morning How person. long? How long? So 20 minutes. So usually I'll like put my phone on do not disturb and then I'll put like a, a little 20 minute, I have a clock app. Um, and then if I'm like not sure how long it's been, I'll do like a little peek. Meditating sometimes, if people have never seen me meditate, they think I'm not breathing because, like, your metabolic rate just goes so low. Yes, that, like, I you don't, that. you don't really don't breathe that much. And that's why, when you finish doing transcendental meditation, um, you start yawning because your body's trying to get the oxygen back. So you're not oh. actually tired, you're actually like way more awake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I mm -hmm. love that. <laughs> yeah, so that. And I can see that vibrancy, you're like, hi. I, I, I literally like, I feel like when I meditate, I really do get like three hours of my day back. And I, it's not something that makes me more calm or more myself. It actually just makes me more adaptable to any kind of stressor. Like, you know, I still feel things. In fact, I feel like because I'm so in touch with myself and my emotions as a cancer moon, cancer rising, right? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll be like, ah, and then I'll be like, you know what? But let's pivot this way. And I, it actually is, stuff isn't as detrimental to me anymore. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to incorporate the 20 minutes. Yes. Because like usually I'm like five, five minutes mm -hmm. or like 10 minutes. Wow. 20 minutes twice a day. That's yeah. 40 minutes out of your time of your day just mm -hmm. to give yourself a little mental rest. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Wow. And honestly, I feel like a lot of my spiritual journey has been amplified by doing EMDR therapy. What's MDR? So it stands for like electromagnetic. And you know what? I don't remember the last two, two letters. But basically, you know how like when people are having um, a panic attack, they tell them that the bilateral stimulation can calm you down. Like if you go like this. Really? Yeah. So if you kind of like, well, I'm trying not to like touch my mic. Basically, yeah. <laughs> if, you like touch, if you go like that, right? And touch your shoulders. Um, that calms you down during a panic attack, right? Um, it's the same idea. So you're basically holding two little paddles in your hands and they vibrate back and forth. And um, it's stimulating the left and the right sides of your brain so that you're using your whole brain to process through trauma more efficiently. Wow. Yeah, it's not like you're processing through it faster, but it's more efficiently. So, I mean, as you can tell, I talk a lot. I read a lot, I consume a lot of media, right? But when I'm in EMDR, I have thoughts about situations that I've never had in my life. And I'm really just coming out of like, you know, the vibration period. And then I'm like, whoa, I just had a thought about this. And then it really has just like made a lot of my healing so much deeper to the point where I honestly don't feel like I need talk therapy anymore. I really just get so much out of EMDR. And you, how often do you do that? So every other week. Every other week. Yeah. I clock. And how long have you been doing MDR therapy? I started, I think in November of last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And wow. And you feel like it's like completely shapes, like how you mm -hmm. view like your emotions, how you maybe communicate. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And there's so much processing that even happens like after the sessions too, that I'll come back and be like, wait, I had another thought. And it's about situations that I've been trying to work through for years, for a decade. Right. And I'm finally able to like, you know, really sit with things and be like, huh, 
well, all right then. <laughs> so like, when I say it's like you're browsing through things more efficiently, it's like really like your your whole brain is working to help you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to research that. Yeah. My brain like how else you earlier? Be self crippling. Yes. No. Seriously. Like, and I am someone who so um, I have a slew of mental health things. So I have. Um, ADD, which is why I take Vyvanse, right? I have, I do have ASD actually, which is autism spectrum disorder, which a lot of people don't read on me because I'm really pretty. They think I'm just like really quirky. And I'm like, no, I'm actually just really weird. Um, <laughs> I'm really weird. That. But I also find more disorder. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. But honestly too, it's funny. So like when I was in elementary school and a lot of times people with ASD have certain things that they like, sensory things that they don't like, right? Mm-hmm. So think picky eaters who are kids or kids who are like obsessed with model trains, right? Um, but I really hate squeaking sounds. So in elementary school, when kids would walk around with like their rain boots and it rained and that little squeak squeak I couldn't handle it so I'd hide in the janitor's closet by myself oh, until everyone went to class and then I'd walk by myself with my hands and my ears oh my god <laughs> so yeah I like so that's the thing for me where like I feel like my brain actually physically does process things very differently yeah um and because I have this experience like being you know someone who's also extroverted also black also a woman and a sex worker yeah like it actually does <laughs> all of those things really do impact how I process the world um but I have bipolar disorder I was diagnosed in 2016 um and like I've you know been through episodes of psychosis which is also part of like why I'm now sober um I was a college athlete so in college I ran track and cross country um how old are you I'm 27 oh my gosh you're so accomplished I, I so right? in high school college I ran track and I'm a mile time in college was like a 517 which I ran at Point Loma in San Diego yeah I'll never be able to do that again but I love being able to say that I can do like 940 48 honestly that's <laughs> still pretty good that's still good you over here like yeah I'm like a five something I'm like <laughs> right girls over here no, like, literally, I was Usain Bolt in this bitch right for no reason and, yeah like I you know when I um was at preseason with my teammates I remember that year feeling just so like paranoid I felt like I couldn't trust my teammates even though I spent pretty much every day of like four years with them like just something about it didn't feel right and at that point I was physically in my my peak fitness right um I was you know coming in top 10, top 20 at races against a lot of D1 girls who were really big in the game. Um, I was one of the fastest girls on my team, but like mentally I wasn't right, you know? Um, And so that's why for me, you know, doing sex work and also keeping that spirituality intact is actually really important for me because I know how quickly that can go. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, that's definitely, I appreciate that. Like you have to be in touch with your spirituality because it's all about your spirit, you. Mm -hmm. And if you lose sight of like what's going on with you, then how are you going to be able to, like some people, Mm -hmm. sometimes when I go through my manic uh, anxiety, Anxiety, because uh-huh. sometimes it's like I'm manic depressed, yes. manic anxiety, bipolar, mm-hmm. and ADHD. Mm-hmm. So once I, my brain starts doing a thing, I go through a low, and then I'm like active, 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 right. active, active, and it's just like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so like imagine like if you don't keep track of that, if you don't understand what's going on, you could mm-hmm. be like, why am I so active? I'm like six hours in the gym doing yes. what? And you know like. And also too, I mean, so I even when I started in the sex industry, I started in college, so I was like. You know, a student, I was an athlete, I was an escort on the low, and, you know, I was, like, a crazy addict who was just doing all these things, right? And, like, my journey with sobriety and my journey with sex work were kind of parallel lines, right? It wasn't, like, one fed into the other. They just kind of happened at the same time because I started doing drugs when I was, like, 14, right? 
very, very I abnormal. feel like that's like the average person. <laughs> yeah, like, like, no, 15. I, I was like literally like in, so I went to boarding school. I should mm-hmm. mention that. So I went to an all girls boarding school in Connecticut, very preppy New England vibes, right? Um, lots of very, very wealthy white people that I went to school with oh my, my gosh, whole life. Yeah. And so like they could get really anything they wanted, right? So if there was Coke in the dorms, if there was whatever, Molly, like it was very readily available. People would like get cases of Poland Spring, right? And they would pour all the water out and put vodka in it and like sell water. Oh bottles. my God. Or, or they put in like the Listerine <laughs> bottles and diet and like sell bottles, right? Oh, like, that my was, that God. was such a thing at school. Oh, yeah. Wow, humans are fucking smart. I like, know. We're going to get alcohol in here whether you want it or not. <laughs> Listen, like where there's a well, there's a fucking way. Yes. Right. Yes. So actually, like I, because, you know, sex work is so much, it's so personal and you're interacting with so many different kinds of energies and you're allowing these energies like into your presence and it's sometimes into your body, right? Yeah. You know, after I will leave any kind of session or scene, I always do just like um, body scanning where I kind of close my eyes. It's kind of like a yeah. little light meditation. It's a, or, a little aura scan where you're just yeah. like, where am I at? You can even use your hands. You mm-hmm. can see, like your hands are literally your heart chakra yes. at, aura field. So mm-hmm. if you're just like, well, where am I at? Where am I at? No, mm-hmm. I'm I'm clear here. Yeah. Throat. I might feel a little warm, warm, warm here. Yeah, <laughs> and right? it's like heart. Mm-hmm. Feel a little warm, warm, warm there. Yeah. And then I feel good here mm-hmm. good here yeah. it's like people need to be used to be able to do that when mm-hmm. you walk away from a scene or when you leave a job yes. or when you leave a friend's house mm-hmm. you leave a date um whatever it is just absolutely how am i where am i at am i good am i good do i need to get more attention here mm-hmm. does something bother me do i need to uh, you know address it right here right now yeah. like you know those type of things are self-awareness mm-hmm. is key like that you are so intuitive <laughs> with your emotions oh, oh my god honestly i really do think it's like you know sobriety they say like and i'm not in a 12-step program anymore but the acronym that they say um is like uh, hungry angry lonely tired of like the four reasons why people often relapse right okay and for me it's never hungry if it's hungry i'll just make a snack if i'm tired i will take a nap and if i'm angry i will call a friend and vent but for me it's lonely lonely is always the one for me and i yeah. feel like as so i was a, a cocaine addict and an alcoholic so i at my peak was doing about two grams of cocaine every day every yeah. day i had a really <laughs> nasty cocaine yeah a thing too mm-hmm. and i think it was just one day i looked at it and i was like what like it was li- literally mm-hmm. literally that like i looked at it and i was doing eight balls a week yeah and i just i was throughout that every night calling people like going through yes up till 6 a.m going through it mm-hmm. like you know and it's just i just looked at it one day and i was like i can't yeah and I just I haven't been able to mentally go back and set is even if even if I have like a quick like, oh, I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> I was actually talking to my friend Will about that because he was and he put it in such a great way. We used to do a lot of coke together in college and like a little bit post-grad. He's also sober now. <laughs> and I was he was like, you know, people think of cocaine as an upper, but really what it is is a numbing agent. And I was like, holy shit, that makes sense. That's why I started doing it so much because, you know, at boarding school, you kind of take it or leave it, right? It wasn't that bad. And then it got worse through college. And when I moved back to New York, like you can get anything in New York. Yeah. And, you know, I think- I felt like that. (laughs) I'm on the East Coast. Yes, you know, like sometimes I'll be like looking at a car on the street and I'm like, why is that Aryan looking man getting into the back seat of a car with a blinking light? That's a runner. That's a runner car, you know? Because what is he doing in that car? Um, but yeah, so, you know, and I went through a bunch of trauma, I think, at boarding school in college. So um, one major thing that did really trigger a lot of my addiction was um, my boyfriend passed away in college while Ooh. we were dating in a really heartbreak. real heartbreak. And honestly, like I completely shut down, right? Like I was the type of addict where I would just blackout every time. 
you know, I'd black out. I would like mix a lot of drugs, like, you know, whatever. And I really just did it to forget and to forget him, honestly. Um, I'm still very close with his best friend. And I remember a few years ago talking to um, his friend and he was like, yeah, you know, I think about him all the time. I, I have every day. And like, you know, that's just how my life is now. And I realized that I never thought about my ex. I never oh. for three or four years. I never thought about him. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, like a light switch just went off and how deep I needed to heal. Um, but because it was an accident, you know, it felt very sudden to me. And um, we had actually gotten into a very big fight right before he went on this trip. And we made up literally right before he went. He was like, you know, we should not get into arguments like that. We're not talking for three weeks. I'm really sorry. You know, I love yeah. you. I'll see you when I get back. And then I never did. So now I think for me, yeah, you know. Um, oh, my God. Like my like <laughs> immediate like, oh, yeah. And, you know, it's wild because he was he was so young. And, you know, now that I'm like 27, even though it was what, like seven years ago, almost to this day. Right. Um, it was August 14th. So his his death day passed a little bit ago. But um I think like he's over time going to stop feeling like my peer because I won't know what he looks like when he's 30, when he's 40, when he's 50. Yeah. So that's the weird part about it for me. We're like, now I'm like, okay, people that we went to school with and that we knew are getting married. He's not going to do that. He's not going to like, you know, do all these things he wanted to do. He's not going to be the Olympic skier that he wanted to be, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a hurdle definitely to get over. It was. Got... And he's also, an, he was an earth sign. He was a Taurus. I'm a Virgo. So we were, we got along like this. <laughs> Yeah. So how has that like shaped your dating life? Is it so hard for you or is it hard for you to maybe like date now or? You know, actually, I was that girl who always had a boyfriend. So from age 18 to 35, I've had 13 ex-boyfriends, five of whom are Leos. Five. You love your Leos. I just, somehow. No, every time, every time I meet a Leo, I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. We're, we're just reminding you of your abundance, it's of true. your inner child joy. Yeah. We're reminding you to be <laughs> Free. <laughs> also, like, Leos, I feel like Leo women just have this like radiant energy. Like you guys yes. just are golden. It's passionate. We're very yeah. passionate. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, honestly, like I feel like now it's so much easier for me to be able to see who's trying to date me because I'm a sex worker and they just want to know like what is it like to be with a girl who's yeah. bros, you know? Or they really like yeah. into you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think now that. because I'm so much more in tune with myself, like I go to parties and I have way more fun because I'm sober. Versus like, you know, being blackout or going to the bathroom every 20 minutes. Dude, right? I felt that way. I used to be a hardcore raver. Yeah. And then I started sober raving and I was like, wow, this is so bad. It is. <laughs> like, wow, I can actually remember this. Yeah, right? So it's, you know, and it's wild. Like, I feel like, you know, as soon as I set out to have the big full life that I wanted, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I felt like 12-step programs didn't really click for me um, because there's a lot of emphasis on just going to meetings and just not drinking or not doing drugs, right? Versus like, you know, when I sat down, I was like, what kind of life do I want? And I wrote down like, I want to go to SoulCycle more. You know, I've been to hundreds of classes at this point. What's SoulCycle? It's not a spin class. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm so into the community. Like, yes, I go to SoulCycle. I was like, I want to learn how to knit. I want to be a better friend, right? I want to learn how to save money, right? All these basic things. And so that's when that big full life started to build for me. Um, I loved that. Yeah. So one of the projects that I'm working right now, working on right now, actually, is with um, a member of Harvard's um, psych graduate program. And she's helping me do some clinical research on how... Um, like third spaces and community and, you know, discrimination play into addiction, into relapse and into recovery, right? Because wow. the efficacy of AA and other 12-step programs is about five to 10%, right? But most of the demographic 
in AA is white retirees, right? Yeah. But you're more predisposed to addiction if you're, you know, black, if you're a woman, if you're any type of discriminated against, right? So why is this free resource that's available all around the country and the world not being used by the people who need it, right? Yeah. So that's the kind of research that I'm doing because I really do feel like as someone who, you know, barely made it out, that's how I see it for myself, like there has to be a better resource to help the people who really need it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I definitely believe in that. Are yeah. you religious? Uh, you know what? I think for me, like I d- identify spiritual. Um, I Same, agnostic. Yeah. I yes. believe there is a higher mm-hmm. something. I agree. But I don't believe in specifics because mm-hmm. if I, I'm into theology, yes. so I have like the ankh on me, I have the eyes that orders on my, you know, ankle, yeah. and then I have like the koi fish, which is Japanese, yeah. and like the Greek, <laughs> this is Hawaiian, like I just, I'm deep into mythology mm-hmm. and theology, and I just love that everything connects to so much together, mm-hmm. and it's just really like, you can't just go one way, mm-hmm. you know, like even like I'm a Reiki, you know, master healer. Okay. Reading into that, that's Japanese. That's uh-huh. a Japanese healing technique. But then studying that, they talk about Jesus. Right. And how he healed technically rising from the dead, mm-hmm. healing people with his hands, mm-hmm. the laying of the hands. Regularly means laying universal hands of healing. Yeah. Like, you know, so universal life force hands. Like, if you think about it, we don't do the Jesus way anymore because that is like long lost but it still connects to him and then you think about well how did jesus get that right because of india mm-hmm. you remember when he was born at one point you know i'm not even christian and i know this information honestly and i was like whoa i'm not even i'm not even into religious like that yeah. and just every time i peel back a layer i'm mm-hmm. like they're literally all connected so what are we all fighting for like they're literally all connected yeah so i believe there's something out there mm-hmm. i'm just not into naming it. I agree with that, honestly. And I feel like, you know, that's why I love astrology because I find it fascinating that all these, like, mostly black and brown cultures had the same conclusion about, you know, cyclical living and, you know, humans and, you know, how we're all connected, but they had no connection to each other. Like, yeah. y'all didn't have FaceTime. How'd you all come to this conclusion? Yeah. You know? No, honestly, like, even, like, if you look into um, a lot of, like, uh, uh, the words are like blanking from my head, but mm-hmm. like um, when I was in Tulum okay, and I was going to a lot of the temples mm-hmm. and I was learning about astrology, how it was born there, like the astrology we know and the numerotic form was born there. Uh-huh. And then I started learning. I was like, wow, but Chinese had their own way and it's still the same. And then we have like, or not Chinese, but Asians, you know, Asia, mm-hmm. um, they had their Chinese, uh, what is it called? Chinese astrology. Mm-hmm. There we go. And so like, it's all connected. The same thing. How are we getting the same information, but just different wording? Yeah. Literally. And, like in a lot of the, the tombs, mm-hmm. you know, the, the writings and stuff like that. Absolutely. Like how, how do we know that? You know, well, speaking <laughs> of, so on my way here, so my Uber driver um, is Chinese or was Chinese. So like I recognize his name and I started speaking to him in Chinese. He was like, wait, what? You, you speak Chinese? I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> so we have this, me, me and this Uber driver are like in the car having Chinese like conversations, like, you know, switching on between Chinese and English and Chinglish. Like we're going back and forth. Chinglish. I love it. We're like mixing it together. Um, but I, you know, Chinese culture is so old and that's why I love it. You can actually see, you know, how characters were written to look more like pictures. So like the word for fish looked more like a fish, you know, millennia ago. And then over time developed to look like it a word now. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's so, language is so interesting like that and just how old this culture is. Yes, but it's so beautiful. Like yeah. I'm now getting into my Egyptian era. Mm-hmm. I had this like meditation um, experience with this like group that I go twice a month or whatever. And uh-huh. the recent one we did was for the 8-8 portal. And it was supposed to be the past life future okay. going back and like healing a version of yourself through meditation. Mm-hmm. You can do that in Reiki every day. It's called long distance healing. Okay. Um, but it was really nice to do it in like a setting 
sound healing 50 people there you know it was really great so we had someone who is a hypnosis come through and she's also like a reiki healer she was like guiding us through the meditation of like going backwards and it was like we had to go into the nature and then we are into a ledge and then all of a sudden we open a door Mm -hmm. and then we're now stepping into a past life version and she was like now what do you see and instantly i saw egypt Uh uh-huh may have not been egypt alone because i feel like egypt is like what part of egypt is man-made i forget what it was uh Dubai. Dubai uh-huh. is man-made. But Egypt, I was in that era. And she was like, what are you doing? Are you hurt? Are you helping? And then I was like, I was helping. Yeah. And I was healing someone. I was like next to someone in line who had a lot of power. And I was like assisting them. Okay. And then like, she started asking. She's like, what is your name? This, that, and the other. And like, I was like, and then like my name came out. And I was like, Anukita. A-N-N-U-K-I-T-A came out. Uh-huh. Like someone had said it. And mm-hmm. I was just like. Well, so I feel like I'm starting to be connected to that era. And mm-hmm. I'm like, holy moly, it's yeah. so cool. <laughs> it's so wild to think about your past lives, you know? Yeah. Um, and my my um, tarot reader, her name's Martha. She is amazing. I've been obsessed with her. Um, and she lives up in Hudson Valley in upstate New York. So yeah. when I'm home in New York, I will, you know, take the train solo trip up to see Martha. And it's amazing twice yeah. a year. And Martha was explaining that, you know, when we are reincarnated and when we come back, we come back, generally speaking, with the same group of people. Like, we're, we're kind of batched together. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely believe that because mm-hmm. me and my ex-husband talk about it all the time. I was like, mm-hmm. we walked many lifetimes together. Yes. Like we we may be frustrating the hell out of each other all the time, but mm-hmm. we've walked multiple lifetimes. He's a Virgo. Okay. And I feel like regard- we both were Tauruses in our past life, but regardless, I feel like we were put in each other's paths to always help each other break mm-hmm. out of the childhood trauma of whatever lifetime. Yes. He had his with his parents in his mm-hmm. way. And then I had mine in my, you know, mm-hmm. psycho crazy life. <laughs> yep. And it's like, you know, Virgos are the helpers, mm-hmm. you know, the healers of the zodiac in the gut, the harmony, the balance. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in this lifetime, I needed a lot of balance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe in my last lifetime, he was giving me a lot of information and I was doing the same. Like, yeah. I really feel like that soul we walked through that and then I feel like this with certain friends like this girl I just met Valeria like I'm like girl like I feel like we walked multiple times mm-hmm. in our life to help each other grow in yeah. creativity passions and love mm-hmm. and like just friendships and something mm-hmm. like that like she's healing me in my woman friendship and I'm like whoa yeah. something about you like I you just feel that where like some people just come in you're like even if it's for five minutes mm-hmm. you know even if it's for five minutes you're like some you were here to remind me of something and you've done this before absolutely absolutely <laughs> and you, so you know what good to see you again Medusa Good to see you. Literally. Yeah. And it's like that. It's like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> like, nice to meet you. It's been a while. You know? It's been a while, yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I time. <laughs> and I do believe that mm-hmm. we choose who we want to help us in the, you know, mm-hmm. new lifetime. There might be even new faces. Yes. Absolutely. Know? So, like, I, I believe in that 100%. Do yeah. you believe in soul ties? I do. Oh I really, God. really do. So, what's your definition of a soul tie? I feel like, for me, a soul tie is... It's the other end of a magnet, like, that you can't untangle yourself from, you know? Like, you, the person could be that far away, but you still feel a connection. And then as you get closer, it's stronger and stronger. But it's always going to be a connection. Yeah. And, you know, truthfully, I feel like my ex who passed away was, like, my soul tie. And I feel honestly very lucky to have experienced that kind of love so young. Oh because now I'm like, that. I know that I want that, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I was, we were dating um, 
when I was an addict. We were dating when I started sex work, right? Like, and he really didn't care. Like, he really just loved me for me. I love that. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to get that again. It's so You're funny. Gonna... Like, he was, he would do anything to make me laugh, right? Anything. And so I was um, one of the fastest girls in my cross-country team when I was on the team. And I remember we had championships at school that year, which is pretty rare. There's so many schools in the league. Like, yeah. the chances it would be there in your four years is pretty rare. So I was really nervous because um, I knew as a top five girly, I had to perform. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the dining hall, headphones in, eating breakfast by myself. I clearly don't want to talk to anybody, right? And he comes and sits right across from me. He's like, hey, Addis, what's up? And I was like, I don't feel like talking right now. And he was like, no, come on. It's me. I can see you're upset. And I was like, okay, well, we have this race coming up and, you know, I'm really nervous for it. It's on Saturday. And he was like, oh, I'll be there. And I was like, you're going to take your Saturday and be at a cross country meet. No, you're not. Like, you're not going to come. And he was like, yeah, I will be. Where do you want me to stand? And I was like, okay, first mile of the course, um, right by the football field, top of the hill. If you can stand at the top of the hill, I would love that. Right. And he was like, okay, cool. See you around. So he left because he knew I want to be by myself. And mind you, my friend and I had a joke that he was so white, he looked like a loaf of bread, right? So let's keep that in mind. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so like the day comes, right? I'm nervous. You know, the, the energy is high that day, right? Because we also want to win. Yeah. So the gun goes off and top five girls, we plan to go on the first mile in like a 6.15 mile pace, right? But we went out in like a 5.50. So I was like, oh, we're going way too fast. I think my race might be shot. And as I'm coming around the bend and going up the hill, I see him at the top of the hill going, go at us. And he's holding this gigantic family size bag of Tostitos. And he's like, yeah. And in my head, I was like, oh, my God, he came. But then I was like, wait, why does he have Tostitos? Let me bookmark that in my mind, right? Uh, and so then after the race, I was like, that's so weird. After the race, um, I find him and, you know, walking around. He was like, hey, I didn't see you cross the finish line. How'd it go? I was like, oh, babe, it was fine. Like, you know, I, you know, okay, race. But why were you holding a bag of Tostitos? And he goes, well, Addis, I couldn't find a loaf anywhere. <laughs> like he literally was like, "This is gonna make her so excited. What can I find that's grain based?" Oh, Tostitos. <laughs> yes. Literally, if he could have, he would have brought an entire loaf of bread. But for some reason, he could not find one. Oh my god, that yeah. is beautiful. So that's kind of like why I'm like. And I was like, what, 19 when I experienced that. So I'm like, I'm so lucky. But you know, going back to like even dating. I, you know, had so many partners and I felt like, you know, I just felt so empty, you know, without somebody. And, you know, I used cocaine to numb my emotions because they were so high. And also, too, um, in my lifetime, I've been raped twice. Um, the first time was when I was 18 and I barely remember any of it. And then the second time um, was right after I got out of rehab for the second time. And, um, you know, I was totally sober. So that was a different kind of trauma, right? Being able to remember every single detail. How did that affect your spirituality and sex? You know, honestly, and this was somebody in the sober community. So at first I was like, you know, I'm trying to be a part of this thing because I know it's going to be good for me to be sober. And now I feel like I can't join this community, right? So I really fell into such a dark depression. Um, and I remember I canceled my birthday plans day of with my friends because I was just so, I couldn't move. I was just I, I couldn't. And, you know, this assault happened the same day as Murphy's anniversary, as his death anniversary. So it was just that was a loaded day. Right. Yeah. Loaded day. And um, I was talking to my brother on the phone. We're not particularly close. And he was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, honestly, I feel really bad. Um, and he was like, well, do you want to be happy? And I was like, I don't care. You know, and saying that out loud really kind of shook me. And that's when I was like, 
no, like you used to be happy. You had things that you loved, right? Like it's, you can call that back in. And, yeah. you know, I had such a, a wild childhood. I, you know, applied to boarding school by myself when I was 12 because I wanted to go to boarding school and get away from my home life, right? I was like, Addis, you're so smart. If you studied, you could leave the situation. And so I really just sat down and I was so studious and I didn't get denied from a single boarding school. Like some of these admissions officers were calling my house every day being like, is Addis going to choose our school? Oh, and, you know, I was like, you you can do this. Like, you've got a brain. You've got a will. You know, you're great with people. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a certain kind of trauma associated with having to make those kinds of decisions when you're under the age of like 15. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so yes. Yes. Many layers to that. How many times would you say you've been in love? Whoa. Just once. Just once. Yeah. Just once. But, you know, I do think I have I still have such strong feelings for a lot of my exes like you know one of them i ran into on the subway the other day and i of course you know the poll that i have on that man still is so interesting because like i was on my way to a purse store because i heard that this store did a collaboration with sweet green so i was like i want to go see the salad bag and so i'm like headphones in you know glasses on texting and i've been feeling his energy a lot lately because my new apartment is right where i met him for the first time and i just realized that as i was walking around so i'm on the subway and i hear Addis. And then I turn around, he's right there. I was like, oh my God, like I kind of manifested you into the, the subway <laughs> car. And he, I was like, oh my God, how are you doing? Because I was like so shocked to see him. Yeah. I've seen him in like three years. And then he throws up the peace sign and then he gets off the train and then he sits on a bench on the platform and then the doors close. And then I keep rolling into lower Manhattan. And I was like, wow, the power that I still have because he had to make his presence known to me. That is so weird. But, you know, if something happened to him, I would still be very upset by it. You know, yeah. it, was, it would still like pull on my heartstrings. Um, but as for in love, I think I can only say one time, safely. One time, safely? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, I would say, I don't know, it's like a mix for me. Like, I, my ex-husband, mm -hmm. we just went through so much. Yeah. And it's like, me and my ex-husband, we met when I was 15. Mm -hmm. He was 15, I was 15. I was moving around foster homes and he was just one of the foster homes that I just happened to be in. So going, he was dared to come up to me on a school bus. Uh -huh. So he just like, I remember him. He was like slid on my seat and I was like, <laughs> I was like, hi. And he was like, do you mind if I sit here? And I was like, sure. So like I ended up taking his virginity, mm -hmm. but I was also dating my oldest son's father. Sure. So my oldest son's father was like my lifeline in foster care. He was my full support, if something would happen, no matter what foster home I was in, if I didn't have a phone, he always picked up random numbers mm. because he was like my lifeline. He just knew that I was always gonna be reaching out to him if something yeah. happened. So even though we were like in this weird, like we're together, but we're not together because I'm moving around and all, all, all we knew we were together. Yes. So it was like, he's also one of my soul ties. Mm -hmm. And I strongly believe we walked multiple lines, lives, cause he's cancer, okay. um, for him to nurture me in my childhood mm -hmm. so he was like from 13 till 19 i met my ex-husband at 15. uh-huh so when me my oldest son's father started like breaking up mm -hmm. and we officially called it off i met my uh, reunited with my ex-husband got gotcha. slid in my facebook dms so i felt <laughs> i felt accepted because at this time i also had a son yeah and i was like you know, he wanted to see me. He wants to take me out on a date. And I was like, I, I had this headspace of like, I would never be loved again or something like that. Yeah. And I don't know if I would be able to say even my oldest son's father, I truly loved him in that deep love way. It was like mm -hmm. that childhood, like you're my lifeline, you're my right. support and I love you. I need you. Mm -hmm. So by the time I left away from that, it was like now I'm meeting my ex-husband and I love you because you accept me. Mm -hmm. But I had so much childhood trauma 
that he loved me before I loved him. Uh So even though we were saying Mm -hmm. it, even like after I lost my daughter, it was very apparent, like something shifting here and I may not love you anymore. And I was Mm -hmm. expressing it like I'm unhappy. I don't I don't know what it is. I'm not attracted to you anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it was just like a lot of things going on. It's because I never we didn't like I didn't have an idea of what a healthy relationship was. So we went eight years of trying to like figure each other out. And by the time I started to love him, like I think I'm in love with you. Mm -hmm. It was like my marriage was ending because all of my traumas had like, you know, did so much impact on that relationship. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't even know if I could fully say my ex-husband like Mm -hmm. was a true love because it was more so like we fell into this weird cycle of you're in college and I'm working now you're working and I'm not working and we've got kids and we I'm now mourning a loss of a kid and Mm -hmm. it was just like so much it was like life so it was like we didn't have the option to actually just fall in love Mm -hmm. we didn't date we didn't do anything so now I'm with this guy (laughs) (laughs) yes and I love him and I feel like yeah honestly he might be the first person that I'm learning to fall in love with Mm -hmm. because the first couple months of our relationship, like how I explained to you earlier, like yeah. it was us getting to know each other. And I was the first person to accidentally slip and say, I love you. And it really wasn't like me thinking it. We yeah. were holding hands, getting ready for an OnlyFans live show. Okay. And it, I went to go say something else. And it was like, I love you. And I was like, I love life. What? That's so crazy. The way you What? I love life. I love all things. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. And so, like, it, that happened twice. And then eventually he was like, I Twice? Think, twice, girl. Twice. Twice, girl. <laughs> twice. And, like, the second time was at his house preparing to go, you know, do a live thing. Yeah. And, like, same thing. And it just slipped out. And I was like, God, what is happening here? And I was talking to a friend. She was mm-hmm. like, there's no level of, like, way you love someone. If you love mm-hmm. someone, you love someone. Mm-hmm. So I ended up telling him, I was like, I think I really do love you. But, like, I'm falling in love with you. And I, I think I'm seeing the future, sure. basically. So we're learning to fall in love with each other. We didn't really have the romance established. We were just work. He's work. I'm work. We're just expecting to come together. Yeah. So now these last couple of weeks, like, my friend Valeria that I told you, she's my soul tie to remind, remind me of my past. She's my Mars placement. Uh-huh. Gemini. Okay. And she's, like, so deep into, like, love and just, like, loving yourself, loving others, showing mm-hmm. up in romantic ways. And the moment she gave me that perspective, I was like, whoa now I know what my relationship's missing and like he challenges me in a lot of ways but I would say I'm falling in love with him because I'm when you fall in love you're falling in love with the person yes you don't just love them you're falling Mm -hmm. in love with you see every day like if we overcome a hard conversation and then it's like wow I love you more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if we over like right before you got here I felt I was like bro I cooked you food and you're eating mine yeah and so the moment like he literally ran after me and was like I understand I was being selfish and I I I didn't even know to say back to that I was like I love you right you're like hey (laughs) I know and like honestly I grew up with a narcissistic parent like you know and I Sometimes I feel like we should not have given certain people therapy language because they use it wrong, right? Honestly. Like, sometimes I'll be, like, on TikTok and girls will be like, that guy's a narcissist. I'm like, no, baby, he's just an asshole. A narcissist is a real thing, right? Well, so one of my parents, and I'll just say my father, is a textbook narcissist. Like, every single thing on that list oh, is him. <laughs> and so sometimes I feel like, like, the fuckboys can't scare me anymore because I beat the final boss. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, like, so I think, like, because of that, you know, history, and that's how I learned how men were it really did warp my experience you know going to um boarding school because i actually lost my virginity in the boys dorm which if you get caught having sex in the boys dorm you're kicked out <laughs> like, so I, was like, I was like bad girl you like take a risk i know but it was 
so it was it was fun, but it was also kind of a mess because I was like seeing this guy and it was his best friend. It was like a whole, and, and of course the guy's a Leo, right? <laughs> And Leo was it, baby. I, I, I was such a homie. I'm still a homie hopper. Why, why did I say was? I'm still a homie hopper. So basically, <laughs> basically, if I fucked you, just send me some of your friends. I'll probably be down, you know? <laughs> but yeah, like, I, you know, I that experience and then going to college and being on a sports team and also, like, you know, being an attractive black woman in, like, a predominantly white school, right? Yes. You know, like, they were billionaires' children's at school. There were Kennedys just in class. Why is there a Kennedy in class? I mean, they have to go to school, but why about my school? You know, yeah. like it was just really, really weird. And I think, you know, then going into the sex industry and like, you know, seeing how men act. Like sometimes, like I honestly think like I have a very deep understanding of men because I spend so much time with men. And, you know, I notice things that I see in my, you know, my clients and my scene partners, like, you know, in my my guy friends, in my male family members. Right. You know, men I date and they're not always things that are bad or good. They're just things. Right. I feel like what circles around us are, are what's the most what we need challenged. Mm-hmm. Same so like that. that's like I'm uh, yeah I'm like ooh like, <laughs> so like I think about it like yeah. um what you were just describing you were mm-hmm. like there's a cycle but it's like making you stronger because you overbeat the main one anyway. Yeah. So it's almost like life is reminding you of something that you always need to be challenged on so you don't ever have that received in your orc field, if that makes sense. It does. It yeah. does. Because yeah. I, I think about that even with the men that I'm with. My oldest mm-hmm. son's father like he was you know, very just like not easily tempered, mm-hmm. but, you know, would be very extremely nurturing, yeah. but also challenging it to my emotions. Mm-hmm. Same thing with my ex-husband, very nurturing, not easily tempered, yeah. but challenged me and my emotions. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> right, but like, have you learned yet, Medusa? Have you gotten yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it's because each time I need to grow in a deep emotional way. And mm-hmm. at the same time, you need to learn how to not allow people in your work field to push you over. Yes, so yes. So that's almost like what the universe mm-hmm. is trying to show you every time. Like, have you learned? Jet? Okay, right. You learned. And you know, my, my north and south node is actually Aries Libra. So literally, like, okay, you know, learning how to accept help and stop being so like independent, don't accept anybody's help, don't do anything. So yeah. you know, the north and south node is the way that I've learned it. And this may be off, but like, you know, it's the one thing you need to call into your life and the one thing you're supposed to be letting go in okay. your life. Yeah, right. Okay. And so it's always sister signs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna have to relook at mine. I don't remember yeah. what my south node is, but mm-hmm. I, I know mine well, you know, I think Scorpio. Okay, so then it would be Taurus, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My past life. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. that's how you find your past life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I already knew this. What? Yeah. Right? I was like, Scorpio. Yeah, Taurus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, okay, so let's get a little sexy. Okay, please. What is a worst sex experience that shaped how you view sex? The worst sex experience. Okay. I- I've had many. I've had many bad ones. But what's one that's like... I'm trying to think. That was like it. You know what? <laughs> Honestly, I was. I used to have a, a little, a little thing, situationship, little, a little romance with this guy who was half German, half Jamaican. Very sexy man. I was like, that sounds sexy. What? D- unreasonably sexy. <laughs> like we met in college, and so, um, and I literally remember looking at him and being like, yeah. He was like, yeah, but you know, that man is, was also a Leo, right? So it just it didn't work with us but i remember he like wanted to do anal ones and of course he was dumb and i was dumb and he tried to do it dry and that was a really terrible ouch i tried anal for like years after that and then you know i tried it again a few years later and i was like wait a minute we're just gonna have a wet right i I, I, 
think honestly, like that really soured my experience with it because then I was just so sexually closed off. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go along with whatever my partner wants because I know it's gonna work for them. It'll probably work for me, whatever. So I really saw sex as like a way that I was pleasing someone, not being pleased. And I think as someone who like, you know, is a woman that's, you know, a minority and also just does a lot in general, I felt like I never felt truly taken care of in a lot of romantic uh, and sexual yes. experiences. That makes a yeah. Yeah. I relate to that a hundred percent. What about a positive sex experience? Oh, okay. Um, this also is probably an anal thing. So I, in, I'm not going to tell. You're like, she likes, she likes it in the butt. Yeah, I do. I she do. likes it in the I butt. Do. In case you didn't pick up on that. <laughs> but you know, I, in eight years, never, ever dated one of my clients ever until literally last year. Right. And you know, not something that I would ever repeat. I don't think, but I, this man just, he had boyfriend dick and it was curved up. So, you know, it was. It was giving. I've had one of those before. <gasps> you just made me hot. Right. I just like. And anything you show when you think about it, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like, and I remember like sitting on the train going back home being like, ah, oh, that was so fun. I had such a good time. I feel so relaxed. And I was like, wait, why do I feel so relaxed? And I was like, bitch, you just had an anal orgasm. That's why you feel so relaxed. And me being like, holy fuck. Oh my God, I yeah. love that. Yeah, so that was yeah. a really good experience. But also too, I think doing sex work allows me to see different kinds of relationships, you know, that can exist in different combinations. Like there's this one guy who I've been hooking up with on and off since I was maybe 18, right? You know, just on and off. And it's one of those things where like, if I see him at a party, he sees me, it's like, we already know what it is, right? But like, do I ever hit him up? <laughs> right? And he's, he's like super tall. He's like six four, you know, built. He's, he's cute. Oh my God. And he's also from New York too. So we have like, you know, years and years of like having multiple kinds of mutual friends or whatever. And um, I saw him at a party a couple months ago and I hadn't seen him in like two years or so, like definitely pre-pandemic. And we're catching up on life. And he was like, you know, Addis, it's so good to talk to you because like when I tell you stories about what's going on in my life with people, you have like years and years of context to understand the full scope of the story, right? Like who yes. people used to be. And with him, I'm like, he, I see him as a friend and the sexual chemistry is absolutely there. But do I think he should take me out on a date? No, that man should not do that. That yeah, man, some people are meant for right. just certain things, just friends or friends with you know, right. a little benefit. Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's, what's it called? Uh, what's, there's like a word for it. Like, uh... It's like being free with your sex with people that you trust, but you don't have attachment. I oh, the word. oh uh, open or polyamorous or wait, not God, those words. Oh, this, uh, I know it's, it's, it's like right here. And I'm like, oh, it's like, uh, fuck, I can't think of it. I know it's going to come to you like three days later. I know three days later. I'm yeah. like, this is the best. But it's really true. Like, you know, now I can see how many connections there are. I mean, like, okay, this is someone that I probably will be able to have this like friendship, sexual connection with for a very long time. But I, I don't that. want it to turn romantic. I don't think he wants that either. Right. Yeah. Because it will definitely ruin like, okay, yes. like I can come to you. Mm -hmm. And then come. Yeah, <laughs> there's an ex of mine. He's probably the only ex that I talk to at all. Um, he's a Pisces, so of course, you know, we get along. Your sister side. I know. We you like that so sister well. Yeah, he, um, you know, I feel like I still have like a romantic connection with him and a friendship connection, but not a sexual connection anymore, right? So I just see all these like combinations, you know? What's your favorite af sex aftercare? Ooh, my favorite sex aftercare is definitely drinking water together. It's so simple, but sharing that cup of water afterwards, I really like that. I really like that. Yeah, because yeah, that's intimate. And you're also water's water magic. Exactly. And you know, honestly, I don't like sharing showers with people. Like, I don't like that. I love sharing showers. <laughs> <laughs> I like showers. <laughs> no, I'm like, literally, I'm like, wait, so somebody's in the water, somebody's not in the water. Like, you know, I'm like, there's too much going on. There is that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that is a moment. That, that's <laughs> I don't like about it but so i really like just like the simple you know cuddling sharing some water are you good i'm good 
like that for me is just like as long as that moment's happening, I feel like I'm being taken care of even after the fact. You I know? love that. Yeah. <laughs> what is your love language? Ooh, okay. So my love language, I'm going to rank them because I feel like nobody truly is like, I hate getting gifts, you know? Yeah, I feel like all of them. But right, go ahead, it's you all answer. Of them. So for me, number one is definitely words of affirmation. Okay. So when I go through breakups, I almost never look at photos of me and my exes. I look at the conversations. I look at the text message conversations, the Facebook messages. Um, yeah, so that means a lot to me, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, unsurprisingly, I have a praise kink. Absolutely. I don't have a degradation You're kink. You're a good girl. Oh! Yeah, I love that. Or even just like a well-timed good girl. Like if somebody like, you know, if I like drop something and catch it and someone's like, good girl, be like, oh my God, now I'm in the mood. And it's like Sears, you know? <laughs> so definitely words of affirmation. And then I think um, uh, physical touch, you know, and for a while as someone who's like a sexual assault survivor. Yes. Honestly, physical touch was something that I really struggled with for a very long time. Like my um, best friend in college pointed out to me one day, she was like, you know, Addis, every time we like depart, you never hug me. You just wave and walk away. And I was like, huh. I never noticed that. And I think as I sat with it more, like I thought I was so just awful, vile, disgusting, terrible that like I almost didn't want to like transfer that energy to other people. So I just keep it to myself. And I was just nervous of like how I would even feel being touched. So I just didn't touch anybody. And this was something that I Whoa. did subconsciously. Right. Yeah. And then when she pointed it out, I brought it up to another friend of mine and he was like, oh, yeah, we all know that. But we just kind of let it rock. And so I had to practice um, physical touch. And when I was with my partners, you know, I would literally just like be sitting there and be like, God, I hope they hold my hand. I hope they hold my hand. But I would never go for it. And then my next phase of like getting through that was being like, OK, I'm going to hold their hand now. Right. Like it was something I had to think about. And so now it's, it's much more fluid. Yeah. So physical touch really does mean a lot to me. And then I'd say quality time. Um, and then I'd say acts of service. Cause I mean, as a Virgo, I'm just like, I can do it myself, you know? And I think as someone who also is like a startup founder, like one of my former employees was like, Addis, you're building something so awesome, but you've also, also built it so that it doesn't work if you're not actively working on it. So when I went back to rehab, of course I had to pause all operations, right? Because like I wasn't actively supervising it. So that's another thing I've had to let go of. And then finally gift giving, I'm like, you could get me something or you could not. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. feel that way too, but I've had to reshape what gift giving means to me. Interesting. And I feel like that's something I've reshaped this year. Uh -huh. um, I feel like quality time was always top of my list for me. Like I loved yeah. quality time, but if I'm out of whack with you, mm -hmm. then um, it became hard. It, like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an anxious attachment, but I'm also avoidant. Interesting. So I, if I love you and we're in good spaces, I'm attached, I'm anxious, I mm -hmm. just want you all the time. But if I'm having a moment emotionally, I'm immediately avoidant. I'm Fair. like, I need to be in my space. I need to feel, I need to understand what's going on with me. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable being around you. I feel, ah. Mm -hmm. So I'm very avoidant. I'm both. It's yeah. really weird. So touch becomes like, don't touch me. Oh, I see. So I become like hostile. Like, mm -hmm. don't touch me. I'm not going to receive you. I know I'm not going to receive you. Mm -hmm. So like quality time and my touch are kind of like hand in hand. I feel yeah. like it's one in the same. If I can't be in the same space with you, don't think that you can hug me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And also, I mean, I think at boarding school, because like you don't touch people for a little while, right? Because like yeah. you just got there. You, you're just learning to live with them. Don't touch them, yeah. right? No, so honestly. like I really didn't touch people for a while. And also to like, you know, my family, like my immediate family is not very touchy feely, right? Yeah. Like, my mom's kind of mom will be like, you know, I saw this dress at the store and I thought you would like it. So I got it for you. But like, you know, physically hugging is not something she often does. Yeah. So like I never got used to touching people. Same. And then I was like, oh, no, trauma. No, I really can't do it. Yeah. 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 I had like a lot of physical abuse with like mm -hmm. my mother. Yes. And like, I think for me, like even when people like 
want to touch my hair or my face. I'm like, mm-hmm. as much as I want to say yes, like that's why it's hard for me to go to hair salons because yes. like I just have like a slight little trauma being my head being yanked around uh-huh. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then same with my face. Like if you if you can touch my face, mm-hmm. I really love you. Uh-huh. And I don't even realize how much of a like trauma that is for me. And that's probably why I'm just not thinking about it. Why I never like to get my makeup professionally done. Like he had to convince me for Ricky. Really? And he was like, please, it's my production. Like you can do whatever you want. But I think, you know, just for once, just try something different. Yeah. And, uh, like it took a lot out of me to do that, to have someone else touching my face. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, touch is definitely something that like. I'm very like wonky about like I might hug you, but I might also be like very quick with it. You I know, see. so it's like a hi, yeah, <laughs> right. I'm just saying, or, or the one arm, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, definitely that. Yeah. Um, why is my lash doing this? Yeah, hey, stop being a weirdo. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, it's funny. Like I actually like I was telling someone that I always have to have my lash extensions on, otherwise I feel like Tommy Pickles. Yeah, and I end up looking like that baby from Rugrats, where oh, I'm like, ah! you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm like my lashes like just <laughs> dipping them into my yeah. eye because they're just fresh. Um. <laughs> And then, so I had to like, cause I really don't receive gifts well. Yeah. Like if you give me a gift and it costs something, I'm most likely gonna detach from it immediately. Uh-huh. And I never really understood why that is. Like people can, like my, my ex-husband used to be mad. He was like, I bought you a Pandora bracelet and it has Mariana's like, you know, that's our deceased daughter's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has her birthstone on it and her birth date and you don't even wear it. It just sits in the closet. And I was like, well, cause I, I don't think I put value to that, you know? And for me, it's just because I, I grew up in a life of people like never, I never had nice things. I never had anyone actually want to do something nice for me in those ways. And mm-hmm. then if someone was giving me something, it was to also take it back. Yes. So I, I had to redefine what gift receiving means to me. Gift me food. Right. And this was even on my birthday when I had to think about it. And I was writing it in my like birthday flyer. And I was like, the best thing that you can gift me is your quality time and food. Uh-huh. Bring me food. If it's a snack, that I, I will receive that all day long. Yeah. Bring me flowers. Even if it's one that you walked down the street and was like, here, I loved when my kids would do that. They'd, like, yeah. especially my oldest son, he used to, before school, be like, here's a flip gift. Uh, give mommy a flower. And I'm like, oh, my God, that oh. means more to me. <laughs> That means more to me. Like, even as an adult, we can still do those things. Mm -hmm. Like, write out a card and, like, even as it plays into the word of affirmations, writing out something. But for me, it's like you actually thought about that versus being like, oh, let me just buy this because, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just like, yeah, you're thinking of me, but, like, can you really think of me? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I totally am with you on the writing thing. Like, I've kept journals since I was in kindergarten. So yeah, literally, I'm a journal like, girl. I'm a journal girl. I'm a journal girl. <laughs> I used to write what in kindergarten. I could only handle writing one sentence, right? So, but I write one sentence every day. And there's one entry that says, today I saw the emperor's new groove. And I'm like, I was so excited. <laughs> or like, there's another one that's like, today oh I went to the store with my dad. You know, like, just it's crazy to see, like, what was, like, the most important thing yeah. of my whole day back then, right? Yeah. But oh I am gosh. such, like, a, a journal girl. Um, and I actually do this thing every New Year's Eve where I write myself a letter to open on the next New Year's Eve and it's a really I like that yeah and I can only open the past versions on New Year's Eve so you can open all the years past on New Year's Eve only and after that it's in the vault and I feel like it's a really good way to see you know what was important to me and how you know major situations that I thought were the end of the world had totally passed me by right and I made it through what did I want to accomplish that I like kind of fell off of you know what can I like reflect on and be like damn like 
you know, you really did a good thing there. And like, look at what it grew into. So that's like a reflection for me. And like, I feel like writing it makes it so real. Um, even for Christmas, I type out all of my Christmas cards into a yes. Google Doc. So and I like make a them gift sound to perfect. Yourself. Yeah. And then I like yes. hand copy them to people. I'm like, this is exactly what I want to say to you because I know these words are going to mean a lot. Oh my God. I love that so much. And definitely that. Yeah. Definitely that. I'm like, you can gift me cards all day long. Mm-hmm. I will take that. Even, yes. if them, even if the card costs $3, I will take that. Because for real. you actually took time to think about what was going to go on, even if it's an index card, mm-hmm. like you took time to think about what was going to go on it. And that yeah. means way more to me. So I had to really define, redefine what gift mm-hmm. receiving meant to me. Yes. Um, and same thing with romance and, lo- and mm-hmm. love. I had to redefine what love meant and what mm-hmm. romance meant. Because for some reason, I thought they were one and the same and they're not. Oh, right. <laughs> right. I'm like, and that was a lot of the problems of like my ex-marriage. It's like we were expecting to be love and romance and mm-hmm. we weren't doing things that were rom- romantic. Yeah. And so like you can date your person forever and you can create little moments for yourself like sit in a bed and read with each other quality time yeah and now you're opening the door for conversations what did you read in, or learn in your thing that you're reading what did i learn in mm-hmm. my thing so now we're giving that I, I if you can educate me yes penny dropper right oh <laughs> my god <laughs> i just learned something new <laughs> I know. and then you can go walk around and be like well my man taught me this thing that's relevant in this conversation you know and then you just feel like oh you know yeah. I'm, I'm elevated I'm elevated yeah and that's the type of things that I lo- love so that's mm-hmm. a love language for me for seriously sure. I'm such a writer you know I feel like there's so many sex worker writers like I've written for Glamour I've written for uh, Refinery a bunch of different companies I'm working on something for Vice right now actually about OnlyFans so keep an eye out for yes. that um, and you know I've written pieces like you know um, a case of defense for the side chick right where I'm like it's not you know that woman's fault that your man is cheating on you. It's it's his fault, probably. You know, um, I'm going through shit. And right, commitment issue. Exactly. And like, let's not like you know hold other women accountable for men's issues, right? Um, I've written one that was about you know lessons that I've learned from being a whore, right? You know, so I really do try to marry a lot of my writing. And the other day, I got this email, and I'll get random emails from people who re- come across my writing and they thank me. This girl goes, hi, Addis, like I've never sent an email like this before, but, you know, I'm low income. I can't afford therapy. So sometimes when I'm going through things, I'll Google them to see, you know, what I can find and I'll Google it as best as I can. And I came across your article, you know, during a time that's really difficult in a different way that I've experienced. And, you know, you make me feel like I don't need to listen to other people's slut shaming and that I can be who I want to be. So yeah. thank you so much. And I, was I like, love that. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You're very inspiring. <laughs> I you. love that. <laughs> Um, okay, what do you be consider to be forms of intimacy? Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's a juicy one. Uh, yes, I think anything to do with my hair. Like okay. what my I um live with two women and I honestly like living with people way more than I like living by myself. Actually, my previous apartment I lived alone and I was like, no, I'm lonely. And I moved <laughs> in with like two roommates and I love it way more. My roommate Lauren, I was like trying to put my hair up, but I my arms were sore from a workout and I was like, Lauren, can you please help me put my hair in a ponytail? And that felt so intimate to me, really. Um, there was a time where I went to the braiding salon and I remember just seeing all these, you know, women who were braiders, who were, you know, clients, who were sisters and friends, just all around. It was just this big crowd of women all, you know, in the space together. I remember sitting in the braiding salon crying, right? Oh so that to me is like God, super intimate. I love that. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. I feel like intimacy is really anything that we can spend time together on, like mm-hmm. what we can mutually be doing. Like, okay. intimate baths, intimate bedtime readings, mm-hmm. intimate jacuzzi time with a movie going in the background, yeah. intimate sh- grocery shopping is intimate to me. Food. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like food. Um, grocery shopping is intimate to me because I'm also like learning you. And I like, I just love learning people and studying them. Like, 
if you have a new habit, okay, I'm going to learn that. Yeah. You know, you have a new taste flavor, what you like to put together. Like, mm-hmm. that's intimate, you know. Um, going on a walk together. Going on the run together. Um, yeah. Yeah, all of those are forms <laughs> of intimacy together. It's like so many things that can be forms of intimacy. But yeah, mm-hmm. hair, that's, that's a new one. Definitely. I thought, like, you know, even, like, I don't really let people even give me, like, head scratches. A lot of people ask me to give them because of my nails, right? They'll be like, can you give me head scratches? I'm like, sure. That feels very intimate to me. I think yeah. also because, like, you know, I've had at least seven different hairstyles in my life, right? You know, when I was in kindergarten, I actually shaved my head and I kept it short, like like a little, you know, like a little, uh, I kind of look like little Bill from kindergarten up until the fourth grade. Oh um, and like, I, I remember asking my parents, like, can I cut all my hair off? And they were like, why? And I was like, well, I don't really like getting it combed. It takes too long. And I don't like when stuff gets stuck in it. So they're like, okay. And they cut off my little Afro puff. And then every week I'd go with, you know, my parents to the barber shop and we would, you know, get rid of all of it. So I thought for a while, you know, I was doing little box braids. <laughs> I was so cute. I was like, please. And I kept wanting to do it. They were like, oh my God. Like, okay. So honestly, I've always had the like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be myself attitude. I love so, that. Um, I've had, you know, weaves and wigs and now these braids, right? So for me, honestly, like I've always seen my hair as like different eras in my life. Like when I was- You know, hair is spiritual. It is spiritual. It is. It is definitely mm-hmm. spiritual. It's like a, a version of you mm-hmm. that you can either let go or if you mm-hmm. can keep it long enough and natural, yeah. um, you can receive a lot of energy through them. So mm-hmm. when people are touching your hair, you can receive energy or downloads. Yes. You can receive downloads through mm-hmm. your hair from your past life mm-hmm. because it's like an extension. Think about it, roots. Yeah. Like roots. So you're constantly receiving downloads mm-hmm. the longer your hair um, it's crazy. That's why dreadlocks are so powerful. But that's like years oh. and years of energy put in your hair. Mm-hmm. But then you're growing it from your crown chakra, uh-huh. but also your etheric chakra, which is the one right above. So you're constantly receiving these downloads that stay in your hair. Interesting. But dreadlocks are like, they come off so wise. Yes. Because it's like they have all this energy that mm-hmm. like they received, it stayed. And then it's just that you're constantly yeah. like keeping it in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's true. <laughs> it's a whole thing. That makes a lot of sense because I remember, you know, at boarding school, like there's a lot of white people. And I remember one time I was sitting um, at lunch at the freshman tables and these two white girls at lunch were like, hey, Addis, can we touch your hair? And I was like, no. And I was like 14. And they're like, we're going to do it anyway. And they touched it anyway. And at the table in front of everyone, they were like, oh my God, that's so weird. It feels like worms. That's so gross. And I remember feeling so much shame in that moment and so like upset but I was so young, I didn't have the vocabulary to like explain why it made me feel bad. Oh God! But yeah. that, yeah. First of all, even wanting to sing, do that, and then when I said no, doing it anyway, anyway right? violating your boundaries, yes. and then mm-hmm. putting their negative energy in your mm-hmm. hair, and that stayed with me for so long, you know. So I think also like that's a reason why like hair is so intimate to me because I was you know a perm girly for a really long time because of that experience. Yeah, right? my mom tried to perm my hair; and it almost ruined it. Oh, oh my God! Yes, I right? was like literally a child. <laughs> it's, and it's so traumatic. That's I mean, under like my braids, I'm all natural. Which yeah. Like I honestly feel like a new person. When I started cutting off like the relaxed ends, I was like, whoa, you yeah. know? It's dead end. Yeah. Dead energy. Literally. Literally. <laughs> oh my God. My eye. Um okay. Thanks. How do you reconnect with yourself when you feel like your energy has been overly given? Mm. I like to have dance parties by myself in my room. I love that. I've been doing this since I was so young and I'll put my headphones in 
and I'll have dance parties. I used to borrow my best, my fifth grade best friend's pink iPod mini every weekend. Know the color. Right. (laughs) Specifically so I could listen to Candy Shop. That was my favorite song. And I would literally be in my room like, hey, yes. So like, honestly, I have dance parties by myself in my room. I would make up dances to Avril Lavigne when I was a kid and to like, you know, Usher. And even now. Usher was a man. What we had no business listening to Usher. We had no business. Right. Was like, bump I know, literally, because why was I listening to You Remind Me when I was in, like, the third grade? You remind me of what, Addis? You don't, you don't even know Long Division. Reminding you of what? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, he was freaking, and we were over here. Right. I, was, I know. That was my thing. Yeah, so that's kind of what I do, because it's a way for me to, like, you know... Uh, like let tunes in that I know I'm gonna like, right? So I'm like picking exactly what I want to do. I'm moving my body. You know, sometimes I'll be like on a walk, and I'm like, yes, I'm gonna you know go on a music walk, right? So that's kind of how I do it too. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So what would you tell mm-hmm. a younger you, mm-hmm. a younger version of you? Now that you have gone through life the way that you have, what would yeah. advice would you give your younger version you? I would tell myself, doing the work never gets easier, but deciding to do it does. Yes. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the best response I've ever received. Yeah, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because it's just take your time. Be kind. Mm-hmm. Be kind to the process. And right. that, like you said, you'll never mm-hmm. get easy. It might get even harder. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to be kind. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love you. I love you so much. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you for inviting me. So tell us, where can we find you? You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Addis Fouché. So it's literally just my name. Or you can find me on AddisFouché.com. Check me out or read some of my writing. <laughs> She's amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I am so grateful to have you here. Can't wait to catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was amazing. That was so fun.